So, you know, when you were a kid and you did something bad, like you crossed the street without your parent or you ate a cookie before dinner and they kind of slapped you on the wrist and said, hey, don't do that again. That's against the rules. Well, that's just what happened to LSU yesterday. But why exactly and what does it mean? We'll get into that on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube as well. So just search Locked on LSU on the YouTube search bar and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single second of your Locked on LSU content. But I'm Caroline Fenton, and I am your host as I am every day. I graduated from LSU in 2019. And I've been covering the team since 2016, and I now host a sports talk radio show in Nashville, Tennessee for ESPN 1025 The Game. But I want to get into today how LSU can, can beat New Mexico handedly, how LSU fans can step away from this New Mexico game and feel good about the team, how what, what are some improvements that we need to see LSU make to feel us, make us feel better going into the Auburn game plus three things that might make us feel not so great, three things that LSU could do that, you know, to maybe blow the game or keep the game close. I want to get into a full breakdown of the LSU-New Mexico game. But before we do that, I was put on red alert yesterday when I saw a tweet from Pat Forty. It says, LSU infractions ruling today at noon per NCAA release. Hunker down. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is it. This is... Will Wade, this is OBJ handing out money at the end of the national championship game. This is all the infractions against the men's basketball and men's football program that has been covered so heavily since Will Wade's firing in March or February earlier this year. I thought this is going to be the big one. And this is going to be something that's covered by pretty much everybody in college athletics. And then about an hour or so after, Pat Forty follows up and says, of note here, this is not the LSU case that went into the IAARP involving men's basketball and football allegations. So not the Will Wade stuff. This is a separate LSU case, not the mushroom cloud case that has been covered intensively. So I'm thinking, well, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I just like my heart started palpitating. I started sweating a little bit because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this is going to be massive. This is going to be huge, potentially. Could be nothing. It could be everything. Um, that's a really fun thing about the NCAA is the only precedent that they have set is that there is no precedent. The only consistency is that there is no consistency. Um, so you can understand my frustration and fear and probably you had the same probably nerves when you first saw that. And then I saw the follow up and I thought, this is about James Craig, isn't it? And that's exactly what it was was let's go back to, you know, 2020, whenever all of those weird, you know, COVID policies, the weird recruiting policies, the dead periods, just the the weird year that 2020 was and college football was also weird with it. So there were, you know, dead periods in 2020 and where, you know, you couldn't have communication with recruits. You know, obviously this was a pre-NIL time. So you're still operating under former NCAA rules. 
Um, so on and so forth. So James Craig, the former LSU offensive line coach, he was the offensive line coach from 2018 to 2020. I believe he was ultimately fired in June-ish, I think some sometime in summer, June, I believe, of 2021. Um, he was the LSU offensive line coach for three seasons, did a fine job, but it came out the following summer that he had impermissible um, communication with a recruit where he was having com- – you know, discussions with a recruit. And he also gave said recruit gear. I believe it was like gloves and a t-shirt, something along those lines. And doesn't necessarily matter what it was. All that matters is he had communication with the recruit when it was not allowed by the NCAA. And he also gave a recruit things from the football program, both of which were no-nos at the time. So he broke the rules. He, you know, he violated um, NCAA recruiting rules. So, you know, he violated those rules. So there you go. Um, So that's what the ruling was yesterday per the NCAA. Now, LSU had already self-imposed a lot of things once all of these things came out just to avoid a, a massive crackdown. They did the same thing for the football and basketball you know, fiasco that came out self-imposing a bull ban in 2020. Um you firing personnel, firing Will Wade, certain things that they self-impose just to ease the blow from the NCAA kind of blowback. Um, so this is what they had self-imposed already. A $5,000 fine self-imposed, which I don't really know exactly what the $5,000 does. I don't know, you know, why $5,000 is the sweet spot that makes things everything better, everything better. But uh, okay, $5,000 fine. Um, a limit of official visits for football to 55 during the 2022 and 2023 academic year. They've already been operating under those conditions. They've already only had that 55 number of official visits for football. So that's nothing new. Also self-imposed a one-week pro- prohibition against unofficial visits in the football program prior to the beginning of the 2022-2023 academic year. We've already done that. We've already gone through that. We're already in the 2022-2023 academic year. So that sentence has already been served. A reduction of seven evaluation days in the football program during the fall 2021 evaluation period. Again, self-imposed. Again, already served that time. That's done. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, A three-year show cause order for the former assistant coach. During that period, any NCAA member school employing him must restrict him from any off-campus recruiting activities unless it shows why the restrictions should not apply. Now, that was not self-imposed. LSU cannot self-impose that since they already fired James Craig, again, the former offensive line coach, who it was proven to have violated um, NCAA recruiting rules in 2020. Um, LSU did not self-impose that. They can't because that's an NCAA rule. I mean, it's, you know, the NCAA can pretty much prohibit you, a coach, a player, whatever, from doing anything in the NCAA, which is exactly what it's doing. So that doesn't affect LSU. That simply affects James Craig. That's saying, hey, wherever you are right now for the next three years, you are prohibited from doing X, Y, and Z as stated by the NCAA. So he will continue to kind of serve this sentence, so to speak, um, for the next three years. So that doesn't affect LSU. The one thing that does affect LSU that was imposed by the NCAA and not self-imposed by LSU itself is one year probation. And to be completely honest with all of you, I didn't really know what that meant because, you know, probation, oh, what does that, what does that mean? Probation, I feel like is just like an umbrella term that could mean several different things. 
So once I dug a little bit and once I kind of looked into exactly what that meant, probation per the NCAA just means, hey, we're going to keep a microscope on you. It means, hey, your leash is much, much shorter. Um, I look at the Auburn men's basketball program a few years ago. They were placed on a three-year probation. That's not a, it's not a postseason ban. That's not a bull ban. That's not a, you know, you know, a, it's not anything beyond just, we're going to be looking at you. Your leash is shorter. You better shape up for the next year, because for the next year, you are going to be, you know, on our short list of, of teams, of programs, of schools, of academic institutions that we're going to be looking at under a microscope. And if you do violate any NCAA rules within this next year, then, you know, the punishments will be harsher and your leash is going to be even shorter. So that's essentially what that means. So what all came of this from this past, you know, NCAA ruling per LSU? It's nothing. It's nothing that you need to worry about. You know, it's something that the program needs to worry about. It's something within the athletic department. They need to be a little bit more vigilant, at least for the next year. But it's it's nothing. And, you know, as to all of the SEC fans out there or to Pat Forty, who so just desperately wants something bad to happen to LSU, he followed up a, with a tweet, you know, and, and followed up with, exactly what happened with the with the case and what it means for LSU. He followed up and said, not a huge case, but a brazen disregard for the dead period recruiting roles by former LSU assistant football coach. Okay. You know what? If he was the only one who was breaking those dead period rules, then I will be, color me shocked. Seriously. This happens to every football program. I'm not excusing LSU from the rules because they have to follow the rules. And when you don't, things like this happen. Um, but this is just simply a slap on the wrist. This is simply the NCAA saying, don't do this again. Now, the big one comes later. Uh, the, the football and basketball men's program, those violations come later. Now, does this affect those violations I'm the, and what the NCAA is going to rule? I can imagine that the NCAA will probably keep this in mind just as another violation that LSU has committed uh, within the last three years or so um but this does this is separate um although you know the ncaa does look at the institution itself from a 360 foot view this is separate this means nothing this simply is just the ncaa saying hey shape up will do but coming up next three ways that lsu could keep this game close against new mexico three ways that lsu might lose this game to New Mexico, three ways that I might step away from this game thinking, man, I really don't feel better about this LSU football team. We'll get into that coming up next. We'll also end on a happy note, the three things that I think we're going to step away from this New Mexico game and say, heck yeah, that was awesome. We'll get into all of that coming up next on Locked on LSU. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It is the easiest place to spice up college football season, and it seriously is that easy. That's one of my least favorite things about betting apps or any fantasy apps that I might use is that it's difficult to set up. The user interface is very confusing, and I don't really know how to navigate it, but that is not the case with Underdog Fantasy. It's easy, and it is oh so fun. So 
This weekend, I'm looking at Arkansas to cover against Texas A&M plus one and a half. I know it's a really tight spread, but Texas A&M's offense has not been moving very well. And Arkansas has great defense, well, rush defense at least, and their offense has been putting up big time numbers. So I think they're going to be able to get it done in Jerry's world this weekend. But you can go to Underdog to make your own picks, just like I did when I picked Arkansas to cover against Texas A&M. You can make your own picks, just do it with Underdog Fantasy. It's super easy to play, and it's available in over 30 states. So make sure to go check out if you can do it in your state. I believe it's available in Louisiana as well. Just pick like two to five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. So a certain stat line, or if you think that Max Johnson, the game that I'm picking this weekend, is going to throw for under 250 yards, which I think he probably might, you can go ahead and pick that for Underdog Fantasy. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Watch football games and get paid for it. It's that easy. So sign up with promo code Locked On, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. It's that easy. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On, one word, and get in on the college football pickup action today. So enough of all of the NCAA violations and all of that hoopla, because there is a football game in Baton Rouge tomorrow. New Mexico comes into town and takes on LSU in week four. So three ways that I think LSU could at least keep this game close. So one thing that I do want to, you know, at least mention here is LSU should win this game. I'm not going to say they're going to win this game because weird things happen in college football. And if I say that and I jinx that, I'm going to just be so incredibly mad at myself. I'm going to say LSU should win this game. And LSU should win this game handedly. I mean, I look at New Mexico last year. They're averaging like eight points a game, eight to nine points a game. Like that's bad. That's really bad. I understand last year is last year. And I understand that New Mexico has, has a new quarterback, um, and I'm Miles Kendrick, who's a, a transfer from Kansas. I understand that this that this defense is really stinking good, and we'll get into that. But LSU needs to beat this team. They should beat this team. I'm not going to say they will beat this team because I don't want to jinx it, but they will beat this team. So normally before every game, I say the three ways that LSU could win this game, three ways that LSU could lose this game. I'm not counting out the fact that LSU could lose this game, okay? I, you know, I, it, App State beat Texas A&M. Marshall beat Notre Dame. Weird things happen in college football. So I want more so want to focus on three ways that I might step away from this game feeling disappointed. Three ways that New Mexico might keep this game close. Three ways that LSU, you know, could poop the bed. Three ways that LSU could get completely upset and embarrassed at home. And I will absolutely lose my mind if that does happen. So three ways that things could be negative for LSU this weekend. First and foremost, if New Mexico is able to force turnovers. Through three games, they've got six interceptions. Against UTEP last week, they forced seven turnovers. They are fourth in the nation in takeaways. This New Mexico defense is really, really good. Now, we have Steve Bergen on the show who covers New Mexico for the Albuquerque Journal. He's been doing it for five seasons now. Um, he mentioned this 3-3-5 defense, and that's not something that's new to LSU. That's something that LSU actually faced 
last week against Mississippi State. They run the same style of defense, that 3-3-5, that spread out defense. Um, so this isn't anything new, and it kind of almost is helpful that they're seeing it back-to-back weeks because they've studied this defense. They've seen this defense last week. They struggled against this defense in the first half and it made adjustments and was able to overcome this 3-3-5 defense. So that's kind of a, an advantage for LSU that this 3-3-5 is really nothing new for them. But it is it, it has been giving teams trouble, albeit teams in the Mountain West, albeit Texas El Paso, um, albeit Boise State. Um, Boise State's a pretty solid team. Um, but albeit I understand that the level of competition that New Mexico has seen so far this year isn't nearly close to what LSU is or can be or the potential of this team is. But they've been forcing several turnovers, and that's something that is a little bit nerve-wracking to me, especially considering that this offense is still trying to figure out its chemistry. This offense is still trying to figure itself out. Um, But Brian Kelly mentioned this defense and just how good it is. When he spoke with the media earlier this week, that was the first thing that he mentioned with New Mexico in his opening statement was just how good this defense was. And this was Brian Kelly on the New Mexico defense. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, It's not going to be just some, you know, easy game that you can knock off, just wipe your hands off and say, whoop, okay, easy. Let's put up 65 points and move on to Auburn. It's not going to be the easiest team that LSU faces this year. Um, is it one of the easier teams? Yes, but still, this this defense is really solid, and they've given plenty of offenses trouble so far in their schedule. So that's one thing that I'm looking at with LSU, where New Mexico could keep it close, where LSU could struggle, is this defense forcing turnovers um, and the offense just kind of taking a little bit of time to adjust to that. Uh, but the second thing that I'm a little bit nervous about, some things that I – I'm going to be focusing on moving forward is continued special teams issues. I mean, that's been a a problem for this team through three weeks. It's been a problem. It was a problem against Florida state and it was a problem against Mississippi state as well. I mean, it seems like so far this season, LSU's had every single special teams woe or every single special teams issue or blunder that you could ever possibly imagine. I mean, two muff puns against Florida state They had a blocked, field goal a blocked extra point against mississippi state they gave up you know uh 80 an 88 yard kick return which again was called back because of that holding call um they gave up a 37 yard kick return they let mississippi state into lsu territory gregory clayton fielded a punt at the five yard line what are we doing at the five yard line no absolute no no brian kelly mentioned in his in his press conference you don't go past the 10 uh, you don't go past the 10. And I work with a, a former NFL punt returner who says you don't go past the eight. So whether it's the eight or the 10, you don't feel the punt at the five. Damian Ramos, 15-yard penalty on that final kickoff against Mississippi State. I mean, it just seems like it is special teams problem after special teams problem after special teams problem. And I don't think that special teams problems or special teams blunders or mistakes are going to cost them this game against New Mexico. It didn't cost them the game against Mississippi State. It did cost them the game against Florida State. But I do want to see this, among other things, I do want to see the special teams start to, to make changes. I want them to start to make adjustments. I want them to start cleaning things up. Brian Kelly mentioned in his press conference earlier this week, they need to coach special teams better. So I need to start seeing that come to fruition on the field because I mentioned it probably won't cost them the game against New Mexico, but it did cost them the game against Florida state. And it could cost them the game against Arkansas. It could cost them the game against A&M against Alabama, so on and so forth. 
So this special teams unit needs to start making these adjustments and start getting better against New Mexico so it can really come to fruition against these more difficult teams and these must-win games in the SEC West. So I think one thing that I'm going to be really disappointed in, even if LSU wins this game 100 to nothing, if they continue to make mistakes on special teams and they don't do what I call the gimmies, they don't get the gimmies, you know, the punt returns, clean punts, um, you know, setting themselves up in good field position and also limiting the field position of their opponent. I need to start seeing this from LSU special teams, just improvement, get the gimmies and don't make their job. Don't make your opponent's job easier than it really needs to be. So continued special teams issues and special teams improvements are what I'm definitely looking for against New Mexico. And the third thing that I'm looking for, which could keep the game closed, which could make us a little bit more uncomfortable than we'd like to be in this New Mexico game, is a slow start on offense. On yesterday's podcast, I mentioned three ways that kind of explain why LSU's offense is so much better in the second half. Jaden Daniels can make in-game adjustments. When they start going up tempo and also just their conditioning, they're able to do it through a full 60 minutes where some teams might have to take their foot off the gas in the second half. But I need to see LSU come out strong, come out hard and come out fast and do that early against New Mexico because it's New Mexico. You should be able to put up big time points early on in the game. Like we saw LSU score 37 points in the first quarter against Southern. I need to start seeing that against New Mexico because I want to see that against Auburn. And I want to see that against Florida. And I think that those are that's going to be the only way that you're going to be able to win these games handedly or feel more comfortable in these games later on in the season is if you come out looking like you did in the second half against Mississippi State, but do that in the first half. You know, you know, score four times on seven possessions in the first quarter rather than the fourth, and your job is going to be so much easier. Because even if that doesn't cost them the game against New Mexico, I want to see these improvements being made and these things that make me a little bit concerned um, through three weeks. I want to start to see those improvements as they go into SEC play because you don't have very many gimmies on the rest of your schedule. You got UAB, in late October, early November, later on in the season. And you had some really difficult opponents coming up before that. So figure out what you need to do so you don't have to make up for lost time in the second half and do that in the first half. Do it against New Mexico when it's easier to do it against New Mexico rather than when you're playing Florida or Auburn. So the three ways that I think LSU could keep this game close that might make me frustrated, that might make our fingers, you know, whittled down to the bone because we're chewing our nails because we're so nervous. First and foremost, if New Mexico is able to force turnovers. This is a good defense. Brian Kelly mentioned it. I laid it out. I'm a fourth in the nation in takeaways. This New Mexico defense is not a joke, albeit LSU is used to it. LSU, you know, faced this 3-3-5 defense, the same kind of style of defense last week. But still, I want to see some clean play, and I want to see LSU be able to hold on to the football. Continued special teams issues. I mean, we've seen all the blunders. It's been driving me absolutely bonkers through three weeks. Brian Kelly said they need to coach it better. So if they have been coaching it better, I want to see that come to fruition against New Mexico and also a slow start on offense. I need to see that turnaround. I want to start seeing them come out fast and start strong. But coming up next, the three things that I think LSU, the three ways that I think LSU could absolutely dominate this game, the three ways that I think LSU can win this game handedly, and the three ways that we can step away from this New Mexico game and feel good about going into the, you know, the, the meat of SEC play. We'll get into that coming up next. All right, let's get into the fun stuff. Three ways that I think LSU can dominate this game. Three ways that we're, we can step away 
from this game and say, okay, cool. We feel good about this LSU team. Get us to Auburn, baby. Get us to the SEC schedule. Um, but before we get into that, also of note, Kayshawn Booty will be out for this game. Brian Kelly um, shared that with the media last night. It's fine. They're going to be fine. They can beat New Mexico without Keishon Booty, but um, he's out for this weekend for the birth of his first child with his girlfriend. So congratulations to uh, Keishon Booty and his girlfriend for the birth of their first their first child, their baby boy. Um, so three ways that I think LSU can absolutely dominate this game and three things that I'm going to feel good about. This one isn't necessarily domination. This one's more so I'll feel more at peace with this team. And that is a little bit of a consistency in the offensive line. So I have been complaining over the past three weeks about these offensive line penalties. We saw, you know, the first two drives, LSU's first two drives against Mississippi State, they had three false start penalties in the first two drives. That's really bad. <laughs> and the first one, it was almost comical because the ref called, hey, False start on the entire offensive line, which is funny, but also not so funny. Um, but I do want to see some consistency in the offensive line because those penalties are drawn just because they're still learning each other. They don't have that cohesion and that chemistry as a unit. They've changed the offensive line three times in three games. And I would love to see this offensive line start to figure itself out and to find its best combination before you get into the brunt of LSU schedule. Um, because, you know, it's bad if you were still figuring out your offensive line in week five, six, seven, but also it's bad for this team. And this offense can't reach its full potential if the offensive line, one, isn't protecting the quarterback at the level that it needs to, and two, is consistently drawing penalties, which comes when you don't have that chemistry, when you don't have that experience, when you don't know the quarterback and when you don't know the guy to your right and to your left. Um, so that's going to happen. So I want to see some some offensive line consistency here. I, want, I at least want to start to see, okay, this combination seems to be the best. This combination seems to want, be the one that works best and the penalties um, start to fall. Because I do think once you start to find some consistency, the penalties will figure themselves out. So that's one way that I think LSU – I'll step away from this LSU game at least and feel a little bit better about it going into SEC play. The second thing is I want to see, I want to continue to see growth in the passing game because I think you're starting to see Jaden Daniels kind of settle in a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to say night and day difference, but a huge difference between Florida state and Mississippi state. Um, I mean, he looks spooked. He looks terrified and so timid and afraid against Florida State and rightfully so because the offensive line wasn't doing their job. So Jaden Daniels constantly had to roll out and defer to his legs because he didn't have time to throw the ball. You're seeing that a little bit more against Mississippi State being seeing a little bit more confidence in the passing game. And you could tell, especially against Southern, that Jaden Daniels wanted to take off running, but he didn't. He stayed in the pocket and he threw the ball. I want to continue to see some of that growth in the passing game and some of the growth in Jaden Daniels' confidence in himself. Because like the consistency in the offensive line um, pairings in the offensive line group, I want to see Jaden Daniels figure these things out against New Mexico because it's going to be a whole heck of a lot easier to build your confidence against New Mexico than it is against Arkansas, um, a team that leads the nation in sacks. So that's one thing I want to continue to see some growth in the passing game. The third thing, I want to see some defensive domination. This New Mexico offense, it ain't nothing special. Um, they, it total on the season, have 100 more rushing yards than they do passing yards. So this this passing offense isn't going to be nearly as much of a, of a threat 
against New Mexico than it was against Mississippi State. But I want to continue to see them put pressure on the quarterback because just get into that groove of doing that. And this this defensive front four can do it. Also, you got to stop the run. Um, they found a lot of success both with their quarterback running the ball and also with their running backs. So stop the run, put some pressure on the quarterback, and I think this LSU defense is going to be able to limit New Mexico's offense to very, very, very little, if anything at all. And I'll love to see that. We'd love to see that. Three ways that I think LSU could dominate, three things that I'll feel better about this team coming out of New Mexico. Offensive line consistency, got to stop those penalties. Growth in the passing game. And again, defensive domination. We saw it against Mississippi State. I only want to see it get better. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, but you can get more on the SEC by making Locked on SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked on take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked on SEC your second listen. We'll have a full breakdown of the New Mexico game coming up on Monday. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you all then.